This is Shark Tales, a new podcast from NBC10 Boston that takes a deep dive into sharks. Shark experts Chris and Monique Fallos are a married couple from South Africa, where great white sharks will often jump clear out of the water. For over 20 years, these two have studied these sharks and captured amazing shots of them jumping out of the water. They made their first visit to Cape Cod this week, and I was able to grab each of them for a quick interview. First up is Chris on his history with the South African sharks, which he calls Air Jaws. This is Rob Michelson with NBC10 Boston. I'm here with Chris, who's a great white shark photographer and naturalist, and he's come here all the way from South Africa. I just grabbed him, and he's willing to talk to me about sharks breaching. Tell me a little bit about you know, yourself and your history with sharks. So I've been very lucky. I've worked, worked with great white sharks for over 30 years in, in South Africa. Also very fortunate to, um, along with the colleague, to have discovered the, the famous breaching great white sharks known as air jaws. And uh, yeah, for the last, uh, probably the last 25 years, we've really been cataloging that behavior and especially looking at the natural predatory behavior we see at Seal Island. It's what sets our area apart from any other area in the world. It's where historically we've had the best chance to see sharks catching seals. And to date, we've logged over 10,500 predatory events. So it's a pretty remarkable natural history area. That is a lot. What are the reasons why they're doing it in that area? So the, the primary reasons are that you've got deep water close to a shallow water drop-off. So the seals typically hang out in the shallow water and then they move into the deep water. This allows the sharks to remain undetected and then use high-speed vertical rushes. You've got small seals so they can hit them at, at full speed. Then you've got athletic teenage sharks, so sub-adults that are, you know, teenagers have got a lot of energy. And then you've, got lot, then you've got lots of sharks competing. So with those four things, you've got the perfect cocktail coming together. And you were one of the first people to document these sharks breaching. And uh, tell us a little bit about that back in the day. Well, not, not too long ago, but, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, look, it's a long time ago <laughs> now. If I, if, I, if I look at myself back then, I look at myself now, times have certainly changed. You know, but, the uh, times, they are a-changing. They, <laughs> they are changing indeed. But uh, it's been a remarkable journey. And, uh, you know, the first time we saw a great white shark breach out the water, it, it's incredible. You know, to this day, every time I see it, I still get that little flutter and that, that big rush of excitement. It's one of the most inc- incredible and intense sights in all of nature. And, you know, to see a 2,000-plus pound shark 10 foot clear of the water, it's very hard to beat that. And I think the first uh, and the first shot, correct me if I'm wrong, was uh, 1996? Yeah, so way back in 1996, uh, I had no money. And uh, all I could afford in those days was a 10-meter rubber inflatable boat. Mm-hmm. And we headed five miles out to sea to Seal Island. And um, I'd been doing work on a, a, a natural history film with the BBC prior to that and seen guys off the Farallon Islands. Uh, float out a surfboard and the sharks showed a lot of interest in it so it gave me an idea to tow a a shape behind the boat and all we had that on that particular day was a small yellow life jacket and I hardly expected to you know get much action and what actually happened we put this little life jacket out and I wasn't even watching and the next thing a small shark came flying out the water I just heard my friends screaming and anyhow upon re-entering the water it released the life jacket and you know I thought was this just a a once-off a fluke so we, we went and picked the life jacket up, reattached it, started towing it, and less than five minutes later, we got another breach, and this time by a shark, which probably for the only time in my entire life I could say was bigger than the boat, <laughs> um, started circling the boat, and at that point, my, my friend said, you know, it's time to head home, and no amount of convincing on my part was going to keep them there any longer, but we knew instantly we had stumbled onto some truly incredible behavior, and uh, you know, once a, a couple of photos that I, I took 
uh, got leaked out to the local press. Um, we had film crews from all around the world wanting to come and see what at that point was previously, you know, undescribed behavior and people are fascinated by great white sharks, but mm. now you can imagine flying great white sharks. <laughs> it I took mean, it, took it to a whole new level. Underwater. Yeah. And then you imagine people are probably like, oh, are they going to fly? Are they flying fish? Are they going to jump into my boat? But I mean, you know, it's it's uh, kind of seems like it only happens in this area. It's, it, it, it's a rare occurrence. At Seal Island, it was, it was the best spot in the world to see it. Yeah. But we've, I've been very lucky. I've traveled to all the white shark spots around the world. Yeah. In fact, except for this one right here. Cape Cod, we're not, we don't have the air jaws. Uh, that doesn't matter. White shark special wherever it occurs. And yeah. In every location, wherever they occur, they, they do something that's unique. But um, they will breach anywhere on earth, but more so under particular circumstances. So when you've got deeper water close to, you know, shallow water refuge for seals, that's one of the key ingredients. But I have seen white sharks breaching in water, you know, shallower than six foot. We've just finished working on a, a show for Discovery Channel at a place called Plettenberg Bay in South Africa, where the white sharks there are hunting in five, six foot of water. And, you know, we've documented them breaching there. So it's not impossible, but you typically don't see those Polaris-like breaches that we see at Seal Island. You're talking about here in Cape Cod. We're not seeing those breaches. It's because of the, the where, where the seals are and the how the water is uh, around the shore, correct? Yeah, look, that's definitely going to play a part of it. I, I'm sure over time you will start seeing the occasional breach, but I doubt you'll ever see it to you know the same sort of uh, on the same sort of frequency as we, as what we saw, just because of those factors I explained. But when a white shark turns it on, you know, to catch a seal, it's moving at tremendous speed. So you, you get uh, horizontal lunges that will often take the sharks clear of the water as well, um, and and these animals are able to turn on their own length. So wow. Two swipes of that tail, they're going at high speed and, you know, can pretty much clear the water, you know, in a short space of time. Who says white sharks can't jump, you know? <laughs> exactly. White <laughs> sharks can certainly jump. They can fly. How high have you seen them go? I mean, have you measured how high they've been able to jump? Yeah, well, look, there's 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 no athletic uh, tape measure for measuring white shark breaches, but, you know, we've certainly seen them getting 10, 12 feet out of the water. And that's the, the lowest point of the shark out the water. So... You can imagine seeing a 2,000-pound shark flying 10 to 12 feet clear of the water. It looks like a small airplane, you know, going by. And so. uh, you've been studying sharks for so long. What's the most fascinating part of these animals? Like, why? what, what keeps you coming back to study them? Well, I've, I've been lucky living in Africa. You know, most people who grow up there have a passion for nature and the, and the environment. But the more time you spend around the animal, the more you kind of get inside its life. And over the years, I've watched young sharks grow from pretty much babies into mature adults. Wow. And during that time, you've got to know their personalities. So, you know, you've, you've got to see the shy sharks, the bold sharks, the curious sharks, the crazy sharks. <laughs> the crazy <Right>? sharks. <laughs> and and ev every year when they come back, it's like seeing a, an old friend. It really is, you know. We've got to know animals on a, on a very intimate basis. And when they don't come back, it's particularly sad as well. Yeah. Up here... Do you think that between America and Africa, there's a different relationship with the sharks and how you interact, maybe think about them? Well, I think, you know, everywhere it's changed, you sure. know, through documentaries and um, scientific work uh, and work done by conservation groups. I think people have become a lot more aware of what the great white shark really is. Mm -hmm. I think it's advanced a lot since uh, Spielberg's Jaws. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there, there's certainly... Uh, is a percentage of the population that, you know, does still fear these animals. And, 
you know, at the end of the day, it's an apex predator, but it's uh, and it, it's very c- capable of killing us. But that's not what they're about, right? You know, for the amount of time I've spent in the water, in very exposed situations with these animals, where they could easily have killed me, and they've never, on one occasion, you know, acted openly aggressively towards me, uh, the chances of being killed by a shark are incredibly small. And um, yeah, I, I think for for the most part, people have very little to fear from them. You know, it's it's a remarkable animal. It's a privilege to have them off our respective coasts, and I think everything should be done to to try and conserve them for future generations because it certainly is an icon of the seas. This is your first time up here in Cape Cod. You're very excited. Uh, you're finally Absolutely. able. To, you've been trying for years. Yeah. Um. What what has struck you so far about the area? About the the research up here? Well, what struck me is is the fact that. Right from the get-go, uh, a lot of m- people in the, in the public over here had a very open-minded approach to great white sharks. Uh, a lot of people are really excited to have them along the shore here. There's a lot of fantastic work being done by the local researchers and, 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 and volunteer team. And I think you guys are uh, you know, far ahead of the curve in terms of uh, how communities have got involved with sharks historically. You know. Um, there's a genuine sense of, of being proud to have them off this coast. And obviously there are a couple of people who are worried about them, but you know, the more you know about them and the more you become familiar with their, their habits, the more they become intoxicatingly interesting. And I, I certainly see that happening here. You know, there, there's a, a huge effort to educate the local public, to make the water safer in terms of knowing these animals' movements. Uh, and I think it's to be commended on all levels. Since it's your first time in the Cape Cod area up here, anything else besides sharks you're looking forward to checking out in New England? Uh, anything around here? No, as as much as as much as we'd love to, you know, have spent some more time here. I'd love to take in a baseball game or two, or, and and see a bit more of the area. Yep. Um, this time it's it's just great white sharks. We've all been, sharks. We've been meaning to come up here and see your sharks <laughs> for a long time, and yeah. yeah, fingers crossed we see them. And even if we don't, just to know we. Sharing the same waters as these magnificent apex predators do is good enough for us. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time. I know you're a busy man today. Any parting words? Yeah, I think you know if you if you're interested in sharks, you know if there if there are opportunities to learn more about them, to volunteer with your local aquarium, and to do whatever you can to conserve them, to have these animals, you know, along your shores. I, I really urge that amongst communities and. You know, once again, I tip my hat to all the people involved here in Cape Cod for, for going out there and trying to educate uh, the public about about these animals and, and having such an open-minded approach to having them along your shores, and uh, long may that last. Well, thank you very much for your time. This has been Chris Fellows talking about sharks jumping oh so high, and uh, I hope you have a fantastic day and enjoy uh, Cape Cod over here. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks. Monique Fallos was never into sharks before she met Chris, but since then she has played a key role in their shark adventures as a skipper, tour guide, and diver. She explains what it's been like studying sharks all these years, and how her first date with Chris took place in shark-filled waters. I'm here with Monique. She's a shark naturalist from Africa. What role do you play in this? Well, uh, Chris and I have been working with the great white sharks at Seal Island um, for the past 20 years. Uh, Chris a little bit longer than myself. Sure. Um, but basically, I am someone that's called a shark naturalist. Yep. So I haven't gone to school and I haven't studied to be a marine biologist. But basically, I've spent probably 2,000 days out on the water. 
and we're just basically, you know, um, seeing what sharks do naturally. And, and when we're observing this, we're collecting data all the time. So just from being out of the water and, you know, in a completely um, uh, an obtrusive way, we're observing what's happening, we're collecting um, weather data, we're collecting all different sorts of behavior, hunting behavior, we're trying to do shark ID work, and that all goes into a big database. And yeah, after 20 years or 25 years in, in Chris's case, we now have got a massive database that we can basically ask any question and then we go access the data and we have the answers. So to, to be part of a, a long-term study like this has been um, uh, extremely invalu invaluable. And you know, it's kind of like what you guys are doing here. You know, you're on the water as much as possible, um, observing, collecting data, and you know, creating a great baseline. So a baseline is really important for the conservation in any animal, because you know what your start starting point is. Sure. Yeah, so it's really, really vital work. And yeah, I guess my role is I'm on the boat as support. So anything from skippering, to working with the bait lines, to writing down data, uh, yeah, just support. How'd you get into this? Uh, it was probably not such an impressive story, but I think it's a great story because I got into sharks just from meeting Chris. Sure. And I knew absolutely nothing about sharks. Really? I thought that the only shark there was in the world was a great white shark. It's the only shark <laughs> yeah. I ever heard of. I'd never been on a boat before, so I was completely green. But really, all it took was one trip out on the boat, and I saw these animals um, for what they were, and I was instantly in love with them. Mm -hmm. And now working with sharks is my absolute passion. So I think it's important to know that you, know, you don't have to be an academic to work with sharks. Sure. You just have to have that passion, and when you get out there, you know, you're experiencing something e extremely special. So, yeah, you don't have to have that background initially. You can still get into it in other ways. And was that your first date, going out and looking at uh, sharks? It was. No, no, okay. <laughs> no, wait, I was making a joke. So, so, he, so you met, and he's like, hey, want to go see some sharks? Exactly. Tell I couldn't me about say this. no. <laughs> I couldn't say no. <laughs> and so you've never gone out with sharks. I mean, that who would say no to that kind of date? Exactly. You want an exciting first date. And so, like, it's crazy, because I've gone out on the on the boat, and you, when you first see a shark, you're like, oh, you, do you feel, like, kind of tense, like, oh no you know that that kind of initial fear well the interesting thing and you know it works back to you know people are really passionate about the things that they yeah. do is um, by the time I got on the boat Chris was you know had told me all about sharks and I was so excited to see one yeah that that actually didn't have any fear at the time so you yeah. know it's also about how people are you know, how sharks are presented to people so again it comes back to the conservancy and educating people people are not going to easily see a great white shark but if they start off with that initial you know good feeling about them it really goes a long way in changing people's perceptions excellent you missed saying so you said for about 20 years yes 20 years 20 years and over the years what have you learned um that's been like you feel like is the most important thing or the most surprising thing about sharks <sighs> this is a big question yeah. um, the most surprising thing is how fragile they are really yeah. Um, in, in, unfortunately, in our situation, we're seeing a crash in the population of great white sharks in South Africa, and it's purely because the ecosystem hasn't been looked after. And, you know, uh, five years into it, 10 years into it, 15 years into it, I never in my wildest dreams thought that anything could happen to those great white sharks. Right. But as I say, the e ecosystem hasn't been properly managed, and we're starting to see a total collapse. So, um, th unfortunately, that is the most surprising thing. So, it's another lesson for you guys out here that um, the resource that you have is extremely important, and you really need to look after everything around it to make sure that they're here for th the amount of time that they need to be here for. How, how do people think about sharks where you're from? It's been a bumpy road. 
Yeah. <laughs> in the in the early days, uh, I would say that sharks had m a more of a negative perception, and people were quite afraid of them. Mm -hmm. um, but our philosophy is actually just to celebrate sharks. Yep. So you know, every opportunity we have, whether it's through photography or you know editorials, you know, film documentaries, taking people to see sharks is all about celebrating these amazing animals, and especially you know using the press, um, really spreading those good news stories. And we have seen a a, a, a real change in what's happening, and especially in human shark. Conflict situations. Um, a number of years ago, we were having shark attacks, and there was obviously a big public outcry. Right. But um, a lot of good people were putting good messages out there, and the authorities have really listened to the fact that you know these are accidents that happen. They investigations, they're not attacks. And just through that constant repetition of getting that message out there, people do feel differently nowadays. So through a lot of hard work, um, I would say most people are on board, and they know that it is a privilege to have great white sharks in our waters. What are you looking to see in these sharks up here? What kind of research are you excited about? You know, when you're someone that's so passionate about great white sharks, mm. um, you're seeing sharks on a daily basis. Yeah. And that is always exciting. But to come and see a completely new area, it's all about the different behavior and the different little intricacies. Uh, you know, finer points that are happening and making this area special. So, Certainly. So definitely for, for me, it's to go out there and seeing like what makes this area work. You know, what are the seals doing? You know, where are the sharks moving? You know, what are the numbers like? You know, what is the behavior that's going on? So it's really about seeing a new area and really getting to understand what's unique and special about that area. So yeah, we're really grateful for the chance to get out there and uh, really excited. Excellent. Is this your first time in, uh, up in New England in general? It is, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, welcome to New England. Thank you. It's uh, very quaint. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice. You just got here today? Yesterday. Last oh, night, yesterday. Yeah. What was the, what's been the biggest difference so far that you've seen? Uh, I'm surprised at how lush it is. <laughs> There's so many trees. <laughs> yeah. We love trees in, in New England, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's lovely and green and beautiful houses and... Yeah, um, it's very quaint. I didn't expect it to be so quaint. So I think you guys have a have a lovely town, and we are looking forward to experiencing it. And you guys have, have taken so many pictures of sharks breaching and seen so many sharks jumping in the air. When you're waiting for that moment, do you have like a certain feeling, like a rush, when you're like, oh, a shark's about to jump? Do you have like a, or do you have like a little thing that you say or like a little tradition? That's a good question yes. because <laughs> what I do is it happens so quickly. It's seven-tenths yeah. of a second. Yeah. So if you're not watching that spot at the – you know, if you look away for a moment, you're going to miss it. Yep. So what I do is I look at that decoy and I'm constantly visualizing that shark jump out, jumping out the water. See what so you want, want, yeah, want to happen. Yes. Exactly. So I can see it in my mind before it happens. And then every time it happens, I always get a fright. <laughs> it <laughs> it, it's like I've a horror seen, movie. You I've know it's coming, right? Not a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, with the jump scares, like an action movie is a horror movie. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like somebody's around the corner, somebody's around the corner, exa and you exactly. know, and then it gets you every time. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. And <laughs> it, yeah. each time is just absolutely just blows your mind. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. It's like a roller coaster. It's like, you know, you get that thrill, uh, 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 and then the drop. And that's exciting because you, I mean, you study these sharks, you love these animals. Uh, yeah. Chris was saying that you have these relationships, you know what sharks are, the curious yeah. ones, the crazy ones. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Different personalities. It's amazing. <laughs> that's excellent. And any parting thoughts about sharks or your time up here? Um, I think it's really important for everyone to really grasp and realize how um, how amazing it is that you have these animals along our coastline. Mm -hmm. um, they still need to be respected because obviously, the, you know, they come into contact with people. But, you know, those sharks are out there doing what they made to do. Yeah. And, you know, we're not really on their, on their radar for much of that time. And I just really urge people to really celebrate what they have and to really do everything around the sharks to, to protect them and make them feel welcome. <laughs> Excellent. Well, welcome to Cape Cod. Welcome Thank to you. the area. And I hope you like the trees and the sharks <laughs> and everything else up here. 
Uh, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining in on another episode of Shark Tales. Make sure to subscribe and write us a review on your favorite podcast provider to get new episodes right when they come out. Don't forget to check out our weekly show on YouTube and Instagram and come back for even more exclusive shark features.